Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. Today's, we are going to be following up on last week's podcast. It's a tie-in from last time, and we're going to be talking about seven behaviors that show meaningful acceptance. The fact that we don't want to minimize how difficult it is. I, I hear this sometimes from LGBTQ people that will sort of expect that parents will hear this and immediately come to terms with it and immediately act perfectly. I remember when I told somebody how much of a struggle mom was going through mm-hmm. coming to terms with me. And the person said, well, you know, why can't she just accept you how you are? And I said, well, she is accepting me, but it's difficult for her to come to terms with this. And and the person was not, they, they, she did not have a lot of understanding or compassion for what mom was going through. And I, and I, I had to stop and say, look, Gender matters. It matters just as much to to mom as it does to me. If it didn't matter, I wouldn't have had to transition. But the very fact that I had to transition was the very thing that was making it difficult for mom. Mm -hmm. That, of course, she wanted me to be the person that she you know, that I grew up as. I wanted to be the person that I grew up as, and I wish that I could have. But I, I couldn't. I couldn't continue on that way any longer. And I think that we need to be, we need to, to recognize that parents need some grace here as well. And, and we need to cut some slack as well. There's a lot of processing that needs to happen. Most of that processing probably needs to happen with other people and not necessarily in front of the, the children themselves because there's a whole series of emotions and those emotions as you're dealing with those emotions those can end up coming back and being hurtful to the child as well so make sure i would say as a parent to find somebody that you trust and that you can talk to about it so that you you can process and go through these feelings because if you don't have feelings or emotions you're probably not fully recognizing what's going on so i think sometimes when something like this happens at least this is this is one thing that that uh, mom used to say uh, she said it's sort of like coming to terms with a terminal illness first it's all denial and then it's i'm going to fight this or i'm going to uh, I'm going to work through this or something else, and then it is whatever the next thing is. Right, bargaining I think is in there. Yeah, and it, then, it is. And yeah. then you um, know, maybe you could just do this mm-hmm. behind closed doors or you know that kind of thing, and then eventually you come to acceptance. And I had that too, uh, but not in a way that I vocalized it. But I, the the thing for me that was most difficult was telling other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty common. I think so. You don't. Oh, I don't want to tell anybody, <laughs> and so you you keep it quiet for a while. And I can remember the first person I told was a, a friend of mine who, from from Wisconsin here who was visiting us in our winter home in Texas. 
And that was the first person I I shared it with. What, who was that? Is that someone I know? Uh, from Door County, Steve. Oh, oh Steve, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the first person I told. And, of course, uh, then, then we told uh, close friends of the family, like Fred and Mary. And people like, but it was just a little at a time. I didn't stand up at the Rotary Club, Club and announce with a happy dollar, hey, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> really? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that many happy dollars. Uh, I remember a time with my son Wesley that we had gotten into a big argument and he was he was right in the midst of those teenage years where he was just really he was angry oftentimes and he just had a lot of difficulties that he was going through and i remember he stormed off to his room and you know he slammed the door and he was not going to come out in about 15 minutes later he came back out and he said you know uh, the way that I behaved was not right, and I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have behaved that way. And I thought to myself, you know why he did that is he saw us model that same behavior. That there were plenty of times where we would have fights, and I would come back later on and say, you know what, I didn't handle that right. Or uh, when Diana would come back and say, I, I didn't handle that right, and I should have handled that differently. We had modeled that behavior, and we had said right up front, we are not perfect parents. And that time when he came back and said, I'm sorry, I handled that wrong, to me, felt like the fruits of what we had done, of all of that investment of recognizing we're not perfect, and modeling the fact that we recognize that we're not perfect. And that is so critical here for so many different reasons. First of all, just as a reminder for how important parents are and how much what you do, the behavior that you model, how much that influences your children, whether they're still in grade school or high school or whether they're in college or even as adult children, how much modeling that behavior matters. But also I think recognizing and acknowledging when you get something wrong to say, I got it wrong. Sometimes we think that if you come out and you tell somebody that, you you know, you tell especially your children, what I did was wrong. We feel like we're going to lose credibility or we're going to lose our authority with them. But the reality is it's exactly opposite. That's exactly right. I can tell you that uh, the church we go to in Texas the pastor there did a sermon, and he bared his soul and talked about, in one of his sermons, some things that really were difficult for him. And he really put himself out there and mentioned the kind of thing that I think a lot of people wouldn't mention to people, uh, even to one or two people, and he mentioned it to an entire congregation. And I was surprised. And I told him afterward, I said, you might think that bearing your soul like that to these people is going to lose you some credibility. But it's exactly the opposite. And he knew that. He said, yes, that's exactly right. And by the way, that church is exploding. That's terrific. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about some behaviors that parents can model uh, in accepting their children when they come out. And we have a list here that we're going to go through here. Uh, this is from this is an article that you had found here from uh, Dr. Ryan. I didn't catch his. I don't know if that's his first name or last name. I don't know who the doctor is there, but um, do you see that on the page at I all? I do, uh, and it's it. Uh, Dr. Ryan is, but I. I don't know whether Dr. Ryan is male or female, um, but according to Dr. Ryan, you may need to mourn the loss of what you expected and wanted for your child, but your child can have a healthy future, and if they choose a healthy family of their own, and they're actually more likely to achieve those goals and feel accepted by their families. That's what I see on here, what... The Dr. Ryan is not mentioned earlier than that, so I don't know much more about that with her. Oh, here it is. It's on this page. Dr. Caitlin Ryan. Oh, yes. Director of Family Acceptance Project at San Francisco State University. Very good. So we want to talk about some accept uh, some examples of accepting behavior. Am I on the right page here? Is this the list that we wanted to go through? No, but it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So examples of accept excuse me examples of accepting behavior. Um, asking them about their experience and how you can help them feel supported. Listen. This is a big one, of course. Listen without absolutely arguing. do that. <laughs> Listen without interrupting. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> or without arguing. That really is step one. When somebody is coming out, let that person speak. Let them say everything before you react, before you're what, or you're interrupting. And I, I watched uh, a few times, I watched uh, Dr. Phil. And on Dr. Phil, they'll have people that have issues. And it is unbelievable how often they are just talking over one another and not listening to the other person at all. And it is so obvious. And I think that's the biggest part of the problem. They're just not listening to one another. And they're, you can say one thing and they'll hear one or two key words and they just go right off interrupting and they're both talking over each other at the same time. That's a tough way to try to uh, meet some kind of a middle ground. There's two people in every relationship, but you can only control one of them. You can't control the other person. You can only control yourself. So right. if you're in a difficult relationship or you're having difficulties, and this is not just for coming out. This is for any relationship. One of the best things you can do is say, well, I am going to be the one to stop and listen first. And I think that's such a powerful piece to just stop and sit down and say, I'm going to, I'm not going to contribute my own thoughts other than just to ask questions for you and what's going on. I'm going to listen as you tell me your whole story. Let me tell you from the parents' perspective now, one of the things that you need to do and can you need to continue to do on a regular basis is tell the child that you love them and express affection for that person. Don't let them think in any form that 
you're going to be rejecting them at any point. And and you want to preserve the relationship. That's really critical. You don't want to do anything to destroy the relationship or completely break it. That uh, that you want to avoid that. So if you just keep remembering in your own mind that this is my child who I love, and you continue to express that relationship to them so they know it and they know you're sincere it makes a lot of difference if you can put yourself in the shoes of your child for just a moment and imagine how difficult it would be for them to tell you what they're telling you imagine all of the fear that they have of how you're going to be or be rejected and you know how you're worried that the entire relationship could break And then imagine how much you have to express love and affection in order to counteract those fears. However much you think you need to do, you probably need to do two or three times that much, especially before a child has come out. And you don't know, but that's the most sensitive time. That's the most concern of a time. You know, I think one of the things that I want to go back just a bit because – I think when, when as a parent, when you first hear this, the first thing you're going to say is, "Is it some? Did I do something wrong? Is there something there that I did wrong that I raised you wrong? Did I, What? Where did I make my mistake?" That's not what it's about. It's uh, it's a little bit like they do this in Japan. If they have a kid that's left-handed, they say, no, 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 you have to use your right hand to use chopsticks. You cannot use it. And they all do that. And when I go over there, uh, I use chopsticks with the left hand, and they all comment on it that I'm using chopsticks with my left hand. That would be that would have been exceptionally bad for you, wouldn't it have? <laughs> yes, it was, being <laughs> sure, left-handed. Sure would have. Another thing you can do is learn together about issues that LGBTQ youth face by joining an LGBTQ family support organization like PFLAG or Gender Spectrum, Gender Odyssey, or Strong Family Alliance. There are a lot of resources online. There's all sorts of resources that you can find. Maybe you could find a good podcast you could listen to. Great idea. Gee, could you recommend one? I don't know. I think it's uh, we encourage you to tell your friends to, to tune in as well. And they, they can catch any of these podcasts that we've done online. And so we'll be able to refer to those to you in the future. But another thing that you should be doing, especially to let your child know you're sincere, that you really are believing in them, you need to stand up for your child. You need to speak up. When other people are mistreating them or verbally or or physically or any way, and you need to stand up for them that that's our responsibility uh, it's our responsibility to we we want to raise happy children, and that's not going to contribute to their happiness when people are doing that that's a critical thing mm-hmm. 
A next one, you can help your child find an LGBTQ role model or a mentor to help them work through those issues, especially if you are not in the LGBTQ community yourself. There's going to be a lot of issues that you're not going to know how to address or how to deal with. If your child comes out as trans, you maybe want to see if you can find uh, an older trans person that you trust and that you respect that can help them work through different issues. I have a friend that I, I... uh, helped her work through her transition early on. She was in her early 20s at the time. Now she's in her late 20s. But I really helped her through. Uh, I'm about the same age as her mom, but we became very good friends uh, because I helped her through her transition. And it was really, really, it was a critical time for her. And that was such a, a good relationship, really, for both of us as we had that mentor relationship. One of the things that's on this list is you should be challenging people who are making homophobic comments or LGBTQ comments that, that are that are inappropriate. But I'll tell you what, that's hard for me. I should be challenging those people, but I don't. And it's for me, it's like challenging somebody, challenging someone with a different political viewpoint. And they see it all from one side, and I tend to be on the other side. I think it's better for me often not to say anything. Now, that that isn't what the book says. The book says we ought to challenge. And yes, I should, but it's a lot easier for me to let it go. But a lot of people will. Not only just, okay, let it go is as far as I'm getting at this point, but in the past, I would have joined in. I don't join in. I don't join in. I don't condone. I don't I don't laugh at it uh, unless it's really funny. <laughs> no, I don't. I, 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 try, I try not to show um, uh, support of, those kind of comments, but I don't challenge them. You got comments about that? I think so. And it is hard, especially I think for you and I, we both are that way. I'm a little more open to challenging people when it needs to happen, but not much more. I think I learned really from you that it's much better to try to find commonalities with people rather than to stand up and and emphasize your differences. But there is a time and a place for it. And they do say in studying people that have changed their viewpoints on things, one of the most critical things that can happen to change somebody's viewpoint is when somebody that they respect just makes a little comment and so I think that the, if you can just do a little comment in a way that doesn't make a big splash it doesn't make a big issue out of it but just something saying you know I have a different opinion on that for instance we were talking about with vaccinations how uh, mom had mentioned it that she was in a conversation with some people that were very opposed to vaccinations and who was it that had made the comment? Did she say the comment? Or no, was it- uh, one of her one of her friends, one of our Texas friends. Somebody said, "Well, I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine," and the other person said, "I believe in vaccinations." And that was it. Nothing yeah. more. I believe in vaccinations, and that the conversation was over. It was not confrontational. It wasn't difficult. Yeah, you just don't want to needle them about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, that way you'd be just 
making that comment in vain. Oh, goodness. Um, another thing that you can do if you want to be slightly more, uh, you know, th- again, we don't want anything that is, um, that's creating a pro- If you come in and you say, Hey, you know that your joke sucked, well, that's not going to help win that person over at all. But if you say something like, um, you could say something for instance, like, I, I don't understand why that's funny. Simple thing. That one, it's a little, that one's a little more confrontational, but I don't understand why that's funny. That works with racist jokes as well. Somebody tells a racist joke and they assume that you're going to be part of it and you're going to laugh and you just say, I don't, I don't get the joke. Could you explain that to me? That takes a little more guts though to get, you know, because you're, you're being a little more challenging, but that can work for some people and for their style. Uh, another way to do it, to address it in a way that's much easier is, in at a time when nobody else is around, you just take them aside quietly and you say, hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know that joke that you told, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I want you to know that my son or my daughter actually is trans or uh, someone that's close to me is is uh, is gay or lesbian. I just want you to know, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but that, that does matter. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. something like that, and you'll know individually what works for you or what doesn't work for you. And the last one that you can use is the feel felt found method, and this is a way to disagree with somebody without disagreeing with them in any context. And that is, you say, um, I understand how you feel about that. You know that, and, and you know what, I used to feel the same way myself. I felt that way, so I understand how you feel. I felt that way one time myself. But what I found is, so you know what, that's uh, that, that joke. I completely get that joke, and you know what, I used to make jokes exactly like that. But I- then I found that I was actually hurting people that were close to me that I love. You know, I don't make those jokes anymore. Interesting you should use that feel, felt, found thing. I know where you learned that from. <laughs> this is a sales technique. It was. You know? And and uh, we used to, you learned that from me where I would say, well, you know, I used to feel that this was really not a very good investment. Uh, I can't believe advertising is going to be a good investment, but I started using it and I found that it really is working for me and you know that's right so you don't confront them individually you instead move it away from them to somebody else and then you tell how that person uh started off there and learned their own lesson and isn't that how we learn in general we watch movies or we read books or more importantly not just for you, to someone else but making your yourself the person I feel felt found. That is even stronger. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is a uh, gives you a lot to think about at at, at uh, during today's podca- podcast, and um, we've got uh, another exciting one coming up next week i believe yes we do and if you have ideas or questions or comments or just anything that you want to share with us anything that you'd like to hear us talking about we encourage you to send us an email our email address is transcendent at gmail.com that's spelled t-r-a-n-d-e-s-c-e-n-d-a-n-t is that right it's right (laughs) at gmail.com Yes, that's right. And we look forward to hearing from you. And 
you can give us give us feedback, ask us questions, and or tell us what you'd like us to address, and we would be happy to do that. We're looking forward to um, hearing back from you, and we encourage you to um, spread the word. We want to get the word out there. We want, we're our goal is to help you in every way that we can because we've both been there. We know what you're going through. And we want to tell you, when you come out, when you come through the woods and come out on the other side, the sun is out. We believe that the most important things that you can have in life are those relationships with the people that you love. And we think those are worth sacrificing for. So we hope you'll come back and join us again next week. Yeah, see you again next week and love each other. Mm-hmm.